Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview, where we break down everything black and gold related from the week that was during the regular season. This is where we preview the upcoming matchup, and in the offseason, we always find a unique angle, and today we're going to be previewing the Steelers' second, sixth-round draft pick, defensive end, defensive tackle, whatever you want to call him, uh, Isaiah Bugs, Big Poo from Alabama. And before we get to that, let me introduce my co-host. As always, we are the tremendous trio, the three amigos, or as some call us on the YouTube live chat, the the three stooges. I don't know who Larry, Curly, and Mo is, but we'll start with Brian Anthony. Oh, Davis. Jeff's Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you're definitely Mo. You're the bully of our little group. <laughs> and Brian, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Yeah, hey, party time. Excellent. No, it's it's awesome to be here. I'm so glad to talk Steelers. We're so close to training camp. I can smell it. Yes. It's it's so cl- it's close yet so far away. But with that, Dave, how are you doing this evening? I am fantastic. I am ready to hear nothing about the Steelers for the next 42 days until they report to Latrobe because this is the time of the year you want to hear Nothing. not a peep. <laughs> and that that date is July 28th, correct? I think that is the official date that they report. Is it the 28th? Or the the 28th? July 25th. 5th, 25th. I apologize. So they it is did... the day before my wife's birthday, oh, so I go. can't forget it. They did announce all of their training camp dates. If you did not see those, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Simon Chester did a whole image, which is the entire calendar and it tells you what days the players are off, what day its practices are. It's, it would be really great to save that and have it um, for your own personal reference. But before we get into talking about NFL draft picks and Isaiah Bugs and all the stuff that we're going to talk about related to him, let's do what we always do. We'll go around the table and talk about the week that was, and that is uh, that minicamp, mandatory minicamp. The three days are done, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Bing, bang, bong, done. And now the players, like Dave said, are off for uh several a little over a month before they report so brian we'll start with you minicamp is over was there anything that stood out to you that you thought was noteworthy from uh mandatory minicamp well yeah jeff and you know something i've been saying all along about otas and rookie minicamp there seems to be one theme and it's basically kumbaya it seems like the Steelers have this kumbaya feeling. I hope it continues. They keep talking every single time about how this is a team and how they're there for each other. And it continues. Every guy that's, uh, I mean, veterans are talking about rookies they love. Um, even uh, defensive Defensive uh, veterans are talking about offensive rookies. It's really refreshing to see. Joe Hayden talked about Deontay Johnson, and I thought it was interesting where uh, Mike Tomlin had to come out and say, hey, 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 wait, before you get too excited, they're in shorts. Let's see what happens. We've seen this before where they uh, went crazy in OTAs and then they uh, disappeared in training camp. So be careful, which I don't mind him doing that as well but it seems so nice that these players are talking about each other and dave i need you to help me out with this one um i believe that um james connor was praising a uh, a running back you happen to know <laughs> oh, the identity yes, of was. said running back wasn't that what was it Frank Webb? Yes, it was Frank. Wolf! It's Frank <laughs> <Webb>! <laughs> old Frank old Frank the number tank. 40 Frank? Of your opinion programs, number one in Jeff's heart, Ralph Frank, Webb. Frank the Tank Webb. See, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, to go back to it, that's funny. If you didn't get that joke, you have to be listening a while ago. Uh, we broke down positionally who we thought was going to make a team, and Brian said that this guy named Ralph Webb was had a chance. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that guy is not even going to be a... Let's have a prayer. And then, of course, James Conner comes out and says, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They're talking <laughs> about Ralph Webb. Um, anyways, but Brian, you talked about it, how Mike Tomlin, he did kind of try to pump the brakes a little bit on the Deontay Johnson bandwagon train. Can you, either of you guys think of, I can only think of Dre Archer, but can you guys think of a player that really showed out in OTAs and minicamp and then got to Latrobe and was just like, womp, 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 other than Dre Archer. Even Dre Archer, 
didn't do poorly at training camp. He had a good preseason. Even I remember a big catch run he had against the Giants in week one that year. And then obviously it just kind of slowly, slowly decreased from there. Uh, Dave, can you remember anybody that, that comes to mind that he's referencing when he said we've seen this before? No one really does that goes straight from the OTAs to then nothing at training camp, you know, because I think you're right on where they, where they still show something in training camp and then we just don't see it in the regular season. I, not, nobody jumps out in my mind right now. I don't know. What about you, Brian? Well, you know, first of all, he said at the position. I thought that was very interesting. Um, I can remember one guy that they were really excited about from a few years back, Travis Feeney. That never ended, did not even make the roster, did not make the, uh, um, they actually ended up having to cut him. And I think New Orleans picked him up. Um, but he seemed to be like a OTA phenom that kind of fell apart. But um, I can't think of anybody at the wide receiver position unless they're talking about a Marcus Wheaton or if they're talking about uh, a Sammy Coates. But I don't know who at wide receiver Mike would have been referring to. Yeah, I think that he kind of said that off the cuff, and I couldn't think of anybody. I mean, even Lima Swede, uh, I don't remember him having like a standout offseason workouts. But anyways, I digress. Dave, what stuck out to you from this week? I liked, honestly, I, it was interesting to hear David DeCastro because he wasn't at OTAs because of his wife having a uh, a baby girl. And for him to come in, he answered the question that I asked you last week on the show, which was, "Are is it more of a team? Are we seeing that it's more of a team because we're seeing it or because they're more of a team? And it appeared to me from his perspective, who had come in who hadn't been at OTAs, that it's not just that we're seeing it, it's that they're more of a team. You're right. He was, and honestly, if you go back to last year, David DeCastro was very candid always about how he was frustrated with the fact that uh, they're having to talk about all this drama. He hated it. You could tell he's just a no nonsense kind of guy. Um, but I liked his comments too, thought they were very poignant. I'm going to go with uh, something that Vince Williams said today to Steelers.com. And I just think it kind of puts a, a nice bow on the package that is the Steelers offseason. He said, you know, instead of talking so much about the people that aren't here anymore, why don't you talk about the people that did come here? And he's talking about Dante Moncrief, who's gotten rave reviews. He's talking about Mark Barron. Uh, he's talking about Steven Nelson. He's talking about the draft picks. All these different positions and um, these players that have come in. And he's saying, like, I'm really excited about all these guys that we added. And everyone still wants to talk about Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and all these other guys. I thought it was right on the mark. Um, but the biggest thing, and we've said this before, we said it last week after OTAs, there's zero injuries. They escaped unscathed. And so the, I think there's probably nothing more exciting to Mike Tomlin than the fact that he knows as of right now, barring some training, like if someone's working out in, in this time period, someone gets hurt, he's going to have a full roster full 91-man roster. See, I said 91, Dave. A full 91-man roster to his disposal at training camp. That's all you can ask for as a head coach. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I think that the Steelers are excited. I, I really feel like there's there's something about this team. Brian, I'm going to ask you what you think about this. There just seems like there's something about this team. Like They are excited to get back to it. And I didn't feel this last year, and I didn't feel it the year before. I, I guess I felt that maybe at those times it was more of a, okay, we're going to show up. We're going to do our thing this year. It's like, they've got something to prove and it's exciting. I'm excited for it. It's so refreshing to see. Cause we haven't seen this in a while. Ben's out to prove something. You all know he is, he's been questioned um, from every single angle. So he's the one spearheading this. Um, a lot of those, a lot of that has a lot to do with, when AB came out and said, you know, I've only been to his house once. I never worked out with him in the off season, blah, blah, blah. And so Ben's like, all right, we're, we're going to put this stuff together, even though he never had to really talk about it before, even though they've been on boating trips and, and trips before, but it's, it's just seems like a new day for this team. And they seem really excited to be with each other. Um, and because 
you've got guys like Maurice Jones Drew that's in this team seven and nine. Keep that coming, guys. Keep it coming because the more you push this team down, the more you insult them, the more you say that they're they're done and not going to compete, the more they're going to want to want to stick it in your face. So that's what I'm really excited about. Um, you did mention the 91 man roster that uh, because of that 91st man, Christian Scotland Williamson. And I just want to bring him up because he's the one player that has a, uh, the back of his Jersey is longer than Dave's Twitter handle. So I thought that was a very, <laughs> very important to bring up because <laughs> So, and, but with that being said, no, kumbaya, that's exactly what it is. And in that spirit, I'd like to say really quick that uh, I'm really excited of working with you two guys. I mean, it just feels different. Um, it feels like we're more unified as a team. And I think Dave, <laughs> Dave, I think you'd oh agree. Jeff, Jeff needs to take us to Dave and Buster's or on a boat trip. Oh, jeez. Um, no, not boat trip. When the, the boat trip, that's the giant stuff. We're not getting into that. Um, oh, so, Vikings. Oh, that was that's no, no, my no, kind no, of boat no, no, trip. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the Fed, Fred Smoot sex boat. I'm <laughs> yeah! talking about I was talking about the New York Giants, Odell Beckham's rookie year when they were on the boat during the bye week and they got the picture taken and they didn't win since then, I think. But, um, so I, I want to ask Dave a question there real quick about, okay. your, about your email address slash Twitter handle. Are you telling me that Steelers S T E E L E R S super fan dad was actually taken. And that's why you felt the need to abbreviate Steelers to S T L R S is, was that, does that happen? Um, actually Brian's right. It's because it was too long to fit the whole word Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my it's God. named after my, before I started <laughs> writing for this site, I had my own Facebook page of Steeler stuff. And that was the name of the Facebook page, except it spelled out the word Steeler. And that's where that came from. And the title came from when I was at the fan blitz several years ago. Um, after they took my picture there, everyone was asking to take my picture. They used my picture. Um, when they came out in the beginning of June to sell their Father's Day Steelers gear, and they called it for the Steelers Super Fan Dad, and it was a picture of me, so I went with it. So I'm sorry, but uh, oh, why do you call it BTSC? I mean, come on, wait, well, I got it right this I time. Get, not BTSC. No, get, yeah, that, that, that's initials. That's initials. No, I can tell thing. you why. I can tell I you why. No, I'm just because giving you a in 2000 and. Five or 2006 when SB Nation debuted the Steelers blog, they named it Behind the Steel Curtain and I was not a part of that. <laughs> it's a great name though. It's easy to remember. So I do have a question before we get into the get Stat Geek segment and this is going to, I'm going to let Brian talk most about this. If you didn't know on YouTube, if you're listening in the audio platform, obviously you're not knowing, you don't know we are on YouTube. You can find us BTSC Steelers Radio. You can be a part of the live show and uh, you can ask questions, and Heath asks, how did you three guys hook up for this show? And he wants to know how the three of us, now all I'm saying is that we all live in the same town, okay? So it's not like Lance where I've never met him. I've seen all these guys before, some some more than I'd like. But anyways, I'm <laughs> Brian, why don't you go ahead and tell the tale of how the three of us not only became friends, but also started doing this podcast together. Well, you know what? It's almost four years to the day. Um, back in 2015, I was on a business trip and I came, I got released early. I was in Atlantic city and I drove home and it was my daughter's field day and she was in kindergarten. And, uh, so I was there, I showed up and, um, I had seen this fella, um, a lot of times, and I knew who he was because one of my daughter's closest friends is Jeff's son since kindergarten, and they have always gotten along. They've always been buddies, and I got there and I didn't. Uh, I got there fairly late, and I was still dressed in my business attire. But every time I saw Jeff, he was wearing something Pittsburgh, whether it be pirate, penguin, Steeler, and I knew I could talk to him about it. In fact. I saw him once at the chiropractor's office and uh, I had, I had said to him, I, 
it was actually during the uh, the uh, Pirates and the uh, Cardinals in the playoffs, and we were I didn't realize that he was such a big fan. We started talking. So Jeff looks at me and says, "Hey, how you doing?" And we've never really had much of a conversation. But then he said to me, "How do you think the Steelers are going to do this year?" And it's June. This is June. And I said, you know what? I read this article that I'm really excited about, about Lawrence Timmons. I read it online. He goes, yeah, I wrote that. I'm like, what do you mean you wrote that? That's crazy. He's like, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm the new editor of Behind the Steel Curtain. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was on this morning. And he's like, and I told him, well, you know, I write, and and uh, but I don't have anybody to write for. Six days later, he published my first article, and the rest is history. And then from there, we... Uh, you could tell, talk more about Dave because I met Dave through you. Yeah. So um, I, Brian, then he has a radio background. He said he was interested in podcasts. So we started doing uh, the Steeler hangover show together. And then that turned into the Steelers preview show. And then Dave, believe it or not, is in the same uh, church softball league that I am. And it was my, the guy that runs my team said, Hey, there's this guy, you know, him, we've seen him here before huge Steeler fan wants to talk to you before we play his team. And so Dave came up, we were talking, he said he has some writing experience. He sent me some copies, uh, brought him in as a writer. And then you filled in for Brian one time, didn't you, Dave? Isn't that how you got started with the show? Uh, yeah. You said you were going to do it by yourself. And I just said, well, if you ever need, uh, anyone to do it. Uh, I have a great face for podcasts, but unfortunately we are on YouTube. Um, so I just offered to fill in and it just kind of took off from there. Yeah. Nope. We, nope, we, nope, uh, nope. 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 No, you met Brian. You met Brian at the father daughter dance. Uh, yes. I met yeah, Brian because no. I saw him on YouTube on the podcast, just as someone <laughs> in the live chats, but that's not what I'm noting him. No, he filled in for Lance, not me. Oh, is that what it was? Did yeah, I? Lance yeah. is a Lance was he's been good this offseason. He's is usually pretty flaky. So uh he filled in. That's fine. He filled in. So that's how the, it long was during the season, so the schedule was off. I can't I'm you might be right. I think it was a Tuesday. So it would have been during the season okay. that would have been standard as a standard, wouldn't have it? Maybe, yeah, especially if they played on a Thursday. So Yeah, I can't um, remember. Nonetheless, that's a long, long story uh, on how all three of us came to be. We all live in the same town. We all know each other. So it's the antithesis of my relationship with Lance. I've never met him and things like that. And uh, Brian's never met Tony either, right, Brian? No, and I, I consider myself a great friend of Tony who I've never shook hands with. There you go. So, okay, let's get to the Stat Geek. Dave's got some questions. Go ahead. All right. First thing, um, it's it's kind of a little bit numbery oriented, but I, I can throw it out there. But mm -hmm. I have an article coming out sometime um, on the website where it was what's going to happen. The biggest news that could happen between now and well, it probably won't happen before training camp, but it could, especially with Mike Hilton, is both Mike Hilton and Joe Hayden have stated that they would. They want new contracts. Hilton has, has gone a different route because he's a restricted free agent. He's going the Alejandro Villanueva route, trying to um, just get sign a long-term deal rather than just the one-term or one-year uh, restricted free agent. Uh, Joe Hayden's entering the last year of his contract, and he's already come out and said he wants to retire a Steeler. So they're both coming from very different places. Now, what the other thing that's important with this is the numbers and the numbers for, for the contracts. Hilton is due to make uh 645k this season. That's the that's the standard amount. Um, um Hayden is due almost 12 million dollars, which would put him over the hundred million mark for his career. Um, and if he were to be cut, the Steelers would save 10 million in cap space. That was why there was some speculation of people trying to say the Steelers could cut him, which really makes no sense. But uh Right now, the Steelers would have to move some things around in order to sign Hilton. One of the things could be would be to extend Hayden and probably take down some of that cap hit for next year. So it was just a general question based on some of these numbers. Before the season starts in 2019, do you see the Steelers signing Hilton, Hayden, both, or neither? Uh, go ahead, Brian. I think it's Joe Hayden, actually. Um, I know he's more on the pricier end. I just feel that uh, they are in the mode right now where they want to keep the leadership. Um, keep the—he's such a big team guy, and he 
if he's still playing at the level that he can play. I know he's not playing at a uh, level of about six years ago, but he's still playing at a strong level. I think they'd like to keep that influence on the team. Not saying that Mike Hilton's not a big influence on the team, but the thing with me about Mike Hilton is they're bringing in other guys that could go ahead and play that slot. And um, he is, uh, now I'm going to get murdered for this, but he's more expendable than Mike Hilton at this point. I mean, excuse me, than Joe Hayden at this point. And I really like Mike Hilton. I'd love to see him be a big part of the team because I've seen him come, come up big, but I'm kind of thinking it's going to be Hayden. I'm going to say both, but it all depends on what Hilton's expectations are. I think that his 2018 season should have lowered those expectations. Now, if he would have wanted top dollar for a slot cornerback, it would have been after 2017 when he had all those sacks. He played really well. He got exposed a little bit last year, in my opinion. I think Hayden's going to be the priority because I feel like they think that, as Brian said, that right now, Hilton is the more expendable of the two and they have Cameron Sutton who can play the slot. And I think that they feel confident that if Hilton were to go somewhere else, they could certainly find someone to take his place. I think both, I think Hayden would have to be signed first, then Hilton. It all depends on Hilton's expectations, but I'm going to say both. What do you think, Dave? I think you're right with the expectations because uh, the, the price for slot corners is going up and up. I know there was another one signed. I think today, I can't even remember who it was. I should have looked that up. But um, with with pretty good contracts, so I mean, if Hilton has these unreal expectations, he's just going to be having to play under the restricted um, tender. I, I think you're right; it would have to be Hayden first before Hilton. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. What What's crazy is, do you really want to lose these guys? This could be the year that they just play them both for one year along with the other stuff they got and see how it plays out. Last year, out of their eight interceptions, um, Hilton and Hayden combined for three of them. The only other person who was a defensive back that had an interception was Cam Sutton. And they both let, they were the one and two in pass defense on the team. So they're definitely their two best pass defensive guys from 2018, but they also have Steve Nelson, Justin Lane, and some some things to look at in that aspect. So I'm I'd like to see both, but I definitely don't want to see him break the bank. So I'm going to give you guys uh, to finish up some stat geek. I'm going to give you a couple trivia questions rather than do any kind of over under. Thought I'd switch it up a little bit. So I'm both I'm going to let you both answer before I before I uh, tell you what it is. I'll have Jeff answer this one first before Brian. Um, how many games in 2018? Did the Steelers have where they did not have a turnover? Did not have a turnover? And that's an offensive turnover or a yeah, takeaway? Yeah, did not have a – no, not talking takeaways. Okay. I'm talking turnovers. Um, I'm going to go with six. And Brian? Go lower with four. Brian's spot on with four. They that's, only had yeah. four games where they did not wow. have a turnover. That's you got awful. Remember, do you guys remember which which games they were? Uh, three, three of them were wins. One of them was a loss. Carolina, Thursday. Carolina, um, Atlanta. No, no. no through that pick at the interception at the end of the first half. Um, one was a loss, and they played. Uh, does it? Does the would have had an, have a turnover return for a touchdown called back on a penalty? See if that helps you. Jacksonville. Uh, no, that was Kansas City when they almost went oh. down 28 to nothing. Yeah, that's right. That it, um, got called back. New England. New England. Uh, no, they did have a turnover in New England. Um, I can't remember what it is right now off the top of my head. But does Xavier Grimble's fumble into the end zone count as a turnover? Technically, it's a fumble, I would assume. But yeah, that would is yeah. it considered a turnover? Well, it doesn't matter because Ben's the interception Connor. in the end zone, yeah, and James Connor, and James fumbled, Connor yeah. fumbled that game. So the the, the, the four second, games the, were the second Cleveland game at home. Um, no, Stephen Ridley. Yep, it was actually home against Kansas City at Cincinnati at Baltimore and home against Carolina. That's those ridiculous. were their four games without a turnover. Um, if you look back the last couple of years, 2017 they had five. Games without turnovers, 2016, they had five. But 2015, they only had three games where they didn't have a turnover. We'll talk about that year in just a minute. 
because um, do you guys know how many, I'm going to ask Brian this one first, how many multi-takeaway games did the Steelers have last year? Wow. How many games did they have where they had more than one takeaway? Let's go ahead with four. Jeff is saying two. This time, hey, the second person who answered seems to be getting it right. It was two. And those two games were? No clues. A stab in the dark. Carolina. Carolina, they had two. And Tampa Bay, they had four. That's correct. So uh, crazy. Yep. But yeah. And the follow up with that, which kind of helps answer this last one, this should kind of help. How many games did they have? We did how many games in 2018 they had a turnover. How many games in 2018 did they not have a takeaway? I'll shoot. Uh, if you do the math in your head real quick, you can figure it out. 16 uh, games, two multi turnover games. They were four and two. Four, you know, 15 takeaways. That knocked you down to how many? Take away those two. I defer to Jeff. My brain hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. I'm going to. 16 minus those two minus the extra nine. So that leaves us with five. I was going to say four. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, five five games, um, which is ironic. At Cincinnati, that was a game where there was no there was no turnovers on either side, and at Baltimore, were both games that neither team need um, they didn't have any turnovers there. Then at Denver against the Chargers at home and against Cincinnati at home, they did not have a single takeaway against Cincinnati last year in two games. So um, in 2017, they only uh, they had they only had three games that they didn't have them. As well as 2016, they all only had three games that they didn't have a takeaway. But in 2015 is when they had four. So 2015 was the last year other than last year where they had more games of not having takeaways than games that they they didn't have turnovers. Not that that's that impressive of a stat, but just kind of interesting. So there's Stat Geek. All right, very good. So the Stat Geek. That's it. It was good. I thought it was very clean. Let's talk about the the Steelers preview player of the week, and that is the Steelers' second six-round draft pick, Isaiah Bugs. And the question that I titled this episode was, I keep on getting this feeling that they keep on trying these late-round draft picks, defensive linemen, and they're kind of just looking for quality depth. Uh, They did it with LT Walton out of Central Michigan in the sixth round. They did it with Joshua Frazier last year out of Alabama in the seventh round. And here we are, Isaiah Bugs, Big Poo, as his nickname is, from Alabama. Is he going to actually be quality depth? Or is he going to follow in Joshua Frazier's footsteps and might not even make the team? That's the question. What I haven't heard a lot about this guy. That's the strangest thing. You hear so much about the rookie class. There's two guys in particular that have not been talked about that much, and it's Zach Gentry and Isaiah Bugs. What are your guys' thoughts? Maybe you've seen something that I haven't. Um, what are your expectations for him going coming into 2019? We'll start with Brian. You know, I actually think this guy has an opportunity to make the team. Um, he is uh, much better than not Daniel McCutcheon, but uh, Daniel <laughs> McCullers. And actually, Daniel McCutcheon was a first-round pick of the Pirates, I believe, in 2006. Yes, I remember him. Um, but anyways... The uh, and not uh, not related to Andrew either, but no, this guy is compact, he's powerful, he can get to the quarterback. You know, the big Alabama player that everybody was talking about, he went so early in the draft. Quinnen Williams had eight and a half sacks last year, Isaiah Bugs had nine. When you compare that to that of Josh Frazier, who probably had three or four his entire Alabama career, this guy is a better player. The knock on this guy is he has short arms. So he's basically like a velociraptor out there. He's got short arms, and they say that doesn't really work when you're going at, um, going up against the long-arm blockers. But as far as depth goes, this guy provides depth behind a guy like uh, Javon Hargrave and Tyson Alulu. Look, he's uh, we've already seen Kiana. Adams go away. Um, we we know that McCullers is there for two more years, but could easily be cut. This is a this is a guy that uh, has had experience with that coach, who was a defensive line coach at Alabama, who's a defensive line coach for the Steelers. So I really think that this guy has an opportunity. He is head and shoulders above what I saw from Josh Frazier, guys. What do you think, Dave? 
All right. First things, I think you meant LT Walton is who went away. Um, he's the guy that's oh. the defensive lineman. Yep. Okay. I, knew, I knew that's who you meant. Um, so, yeah, there's a spot for him. I mean, when Jeff and I did our really way too early prediction of the 50-man roster, I even said that defensive line was a spot where instead of keeping six, they could even get away with five. And I still had Bugs as one of them because of some of his production. Like Brian said, he had actually had nine and a half sacks his senior year. And he had, of his, of his 52 total tackles, 13 and a half of them were for loss. But the other thing you have to ask yourself, was he the beneficiary of teams focusing on other players on that defense were they focusing in on the on the Quentin Williams um and and therefore he was a uh, he he was uh benefited from that i i i think it was a great flyer for the 6th round i think that was a really good pick that they could take there that late if he pans out is the key so i i like them rolling the dice late the draft with players like this and i could really see him sticking Right away, he's got all the chance to, but like you said, I haven't heard anything. So it's tough to know if he's really um, going going to excel or not. Yeah, they need the depth. That's the thing. They need someone there that is actually capable of coming in and spelling them. Uh, you would like to almost have a, you know, you have you had that kind of with LT Walton a, a few years ago, but he wasn't that dynamic. Uh, Tyson Alulu, they like him obviously, but you'd like to have bugs out there too, so they could really keep Tewitt and Hayward fresh. Uh, do you have some stats for us on uh, bugs there, uh, Dave? But I pretty much just told you everything I had with the you know nine and a half sacks and the thirteen and a half tackles for loss. Um, I think he did force a couple fumbles his last year. Now, someone else might be able to answer this because I wasn't able to find this. He only played two years at Alabama. Was he a junior college transfer? Um, I'm not sure if either of you know that. I don't know. So actually, actually, no, he was a JUCO transfer. I remember hearing about that when he was drafted. So I think he did transfer from a junior college. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming he was, but I, I just didn't know for sure. Yes, he attended Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College for two seasons. There, Brian's on it. It's a quick Google machine. That's a quick Google machine. So Isaiah Bugs is tough. I mean, you hope that he's able to play. I just keep on thinking Joshua Frazier for some reason. I know they weren't drafted in the same round, but a lot of people said, oh, you know, the defensive line coach, he, he coached them. He's got a good eye for him. He's the, he's got the inside edge. Um, Cause, and that was uh, Dunbar, correct? That's the name of the uh, defensive line coach that was at Alabama. Oh. Yes. I'm thinking, man, you have the inside edge on a guy and he doesn't even make the team? <laughs> Come on. That was last year with Frazier. Go ahead, Brian. Um, actually, Bugs started all 13 games in 2017 over Frazier. So I remember hearing that when he was drafted, the Frazier was not a starter at Alabama, and they still drafted him. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. I can confirm that story that Brian said. I heard the exact same thing, that it was Bugs. I knew Frazier wasn't a starter, but yeah, it was Bugs that he was a starter over ahead of him. So yeah, so Isaiah Bugs, I don't think the expectations are ridiculously high for him this season, but at the same time, I think that if they can get just some contribution from him, even if it's just a few snaps a game to come in to give Hayward and or two at a break, um, I think that would absolutely be, uh, you know, it would be great. It's like a, it's like a, a cherry on top of the Sunday. I don't think that there's a lot of expectations. I could see him being a game day inactive, to be honest. So I was just going to say that the chances are when I do my prediction of the, if he's on the 53 man roster, most likely when I do my prediction week, one of the inactives, he would probably be on the list. Basically taking LT Walton's place from last year. <laughs> exactly. LT Walton only was active whenever someone else was injured. That exactly, was, yeah. that was just his role. Yep. So, okay. So that's enough as a, a big poo talk for the night. Um, is there anything else for the good of the order guys? Uh, before we, I wanted to, you want to take some questions tonight on the live chat? Of course. Let's rapid fire them. All right. Let's Love go it. rapid fire. Uh, so if you're in the live chat right now and you have a question, you can fire away. If you didn't know how to use the super chat feature, you can by just typing your question into the, uh, 
comment bar there and hitting the little money sign. And you can donate any amount of money to the program. Go straight to the program. We really appreciate it. Felicia, who must have won the lottery this past week, just was dumping money into the live chat a few days ago. Uh, we're not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. But at the same time, it's a uh, it's appreciated. So if you have a question for the show and you want us to answer it, go ahead. I'm going to try to go back to the top. I know we had some questions right off the get, and I'm trying to figure out. Um, here we go. Nightwolf asked earlier. He said, "Hey Jeff uh, and guys, how uneasy uh, do you think?" Uh, oh, how uneasy does the tight tight end room make you feel? In other words, the tight end depth, the tight ends that they have on the team. So, uh, Dave, go ahead. It might be the most concern of of any position group. I would put tight end, safety, and outside linebacker as as the top three. Uh, you could argue what order they come in, but tight end could very well be the top of that. Brian? Vance McDonald is not exactly a picture of health, so I agree with Dave. I think Vance is going to have an amazing season, but if he gets hurt, it's X-Man Grimble and then a rookie named Gentry. Okay, next question. Snell, will will, uh, Benny Snell Jr. see 10 snaps a game? Dave. Uh, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, if we thought he would or not. I had him more around the eight range, so uh, there could be games where he gets 10 snaps, but I don't know that he would average 10 for the season. All right, Brian? Nope, he won't. He'll average about six or seven. All right, next question. Week one, will Mark Barron start over top of uh, Devin Bush in New England? We'll go with Brian first. Not on your life, um, unless um, Bush falters greatly or is hurt. Um, they're going to um, showcase him as much as possible and get him as much uh, as much experience as possible. You're going to see a lot of Baron, but Bush starts. Dave? No, Bush doesn't start because the Steelers are just going to do it out of principle. But it's not, like Jeff mentioned on, on his show, it's not about who starts. It should be about who gets the majority of snaps. I think Bush will get the majority of snaps. Okay, next question. Can Big Poo push Daniel McCullers off the roster? We'll go with Brian. Daniel McCullers hasn't done anything to stay on the roster, so if uh, Big Poo is is uh, merely above average, he pushes him off, yes. Dave? He can. The only question is if he will. Well, Daniel McCullers has naked pictures or a video of somebody. He's stuck around this long. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Uh, Robert puts a dollar into the tip jar. We appreciate that. Snowman with $5 in the tip jar. Will Chris Boswell be our kicker in 2019? Brian? I think so. Dave? Yeah, but I'm only going to give it about a 65% chance. Still above 50, but not with them pushing the, the money Did back and everything really else. you just say 65%? I mean, yeah. I know you're an analytical guy, and that's how you like, but 65%, you can hey, get 75 when they first, you last year you would have said 100%. He would have had to get hurt for them to push him that's off. That's true. But okay. this year with the way they dealt with his contract, there's a greater chance that either either he someone else outperforms him or he doesn't perform well. It could happen, but I, I'm thinking he's going to bounce back. I think he has a bounce back here. I think he is the kicker. Shield 91, five bucks in the tip jar. Hey, finally back on the live chat. How would you suggest I watch games this season if I'm out of state? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, first and foremost, it depends on where you live. Um, I publish, I want to say it's every Sunday morning, I publish the distribution chart that you can see the entire map and what game you're going to get in your area in case you might get it locally if you are in another viewing area let's say you live in northeast ohio which is cleveland territory unless you want to deal with the reddit links and stuff like that i suggest you think about direct tv like i do and get sunday ticket uh but dave you're someone that does not have sunday tickets so what are you thought what are your thoughts what was really helpful last year was um, through the Yahoo Sports app, they would show games, and you could generally find out ahead of time if that would be the game. And I caught almost every Steelers game that wasn't on TV otherwise through that app. There was one that was not on there, and thank goodness, one 
Ryan Anthony Davis welcomed me into his um, humble cele Steeler celebratory shrine. And unfortunately, we could not come up with a victory in that game. Yeah, that's why I don't go. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Shield says you live in Michigan. Uh, well, then you get in Michigan. You're probably only going to get those nationally televised games because you're in an NFC territory. Your AFC territory is probably, I don't know, Brian, what do you think? Cleveland. You think it's Cleveland in Michigan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awful. I feel like Cleveland just has like Northeast Ohio. That's it. Unless it's Indy. Wouldn't it be Indy? It depends on what part of Michigan you are. If you're on the Detroit side, it could be more Cleveland. Well, you know, it's funny when I when the Cleveland Browns left in 1995, a lot of fans either uh, that didn't want to go towards Pittsburgh actually became Detroit Lion fans because I mean, you're talking about a three hour difference. It's pretty close. So I mean, but it could be very easily be Indianapolis. Okay, it's, it lives in Lansing. So there you go. Um, and let's finish with this one before we get to our either or segment from Ron. Will Ben Roethlisberger play 16 games this season? Let's go with uh, Dave first. This is, there's some caveats here. You can throw in some caveats here. Yeah, I'm going to say no because I don't want him playing week 17. I want him to be wrapped up and, and resting is what I'm, what I'm going to say. But it's, I, I've been surprised that if you would have told me um, over the last two seasons that Ben Roethlisberger, the only game he did not play was when he rested the last week of the season. I would have thought, I would have asked you if they won the Super Bowl both seasons and instead they had zero playoff wins. So, um, mm. but no, with that offensive line, let's keep him healthy. Let's say, let, let's say he plays 15 and gets to rest at the end of the season. All right. What about you, uh, Brian? I have a feeling uh, Jeff's going to be uh, wearing his number two Mason Rudolph jersey for oh. at least one or two games. Um, <laughs> uh, Fanboy over here. Yes. He'll be in, in yeah. tears. He'll be crying. It'll be tears uh, of joy. It'll be tears yes. of joy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I could, I'm thinking he goes about 13 this year. Misses, uh, misses a couple. I would say two. And, uh, the the goal is not to play week 17. So uh, if you get 15 games out of Ben, that's fantastic. Um, but he, he's getting older and he's been playing with house money as far as far as injuries go. And I think he's due. I'm going to go with the Dave Schofield route. I think he's going to stay healthy. I think this offense is going to be prolific. I think that he is obviously... Um... There's a chance that he does get banged up, but I think if anything, they rest him. At the end of the season, I think they're going to have a good year. So, okay, now this is the time of the show where what we do is sometimes we ask each other Steelers-related questions. Sometimes it's sports-related questions. Sometimes it has nothing to do with sports. It's our either-or segment, which um, we get to ask each other just random questions. And so normally, Brian is the one that brings up the caboose, and this time he's going to go first. We're reversing the order here, uh, switching it up, keeping it fresh. So, Brian, you have a Steelers either-or question. Go ahead. Which I never have a serious Steelers question and uh, or a serious question at all, and this is a serious Steelers question. Now, this year we're uh, the marked man for training camp for the season, and even the past couple of years has been Artie Burns, and Artie Burns at corner cornerback is the guy that uh, the Steelers won off the team. I mean, the Steelers fans one off the team more than anybody just because of the way he's been playing. But he kind of reminds me of another recent Steeler cornerback, Cortez Allen. Mm. So I'm going to ask you this. You had to pick one, Cortez Allen or Artie Burns. I'll go first. Cortez Allen at least got a second contract. It was a bad one. And it wasn't a smart contract, but he at least played well enough to get a second contract. And there's talk that uh, Artie Burns might not even make it this year. So I will take Cortez Allen. Dave, what about you? You answered it perfectly because Cortez Allen did at least do enough early on to earn a second contract. So... Like I said, it's not that he, not that he deserved it with his play once he got it, but uh, I'd I'd still take, um, I'd still take the the early on Allen. But hey, Artie Burns still has a chance to try to change your minds. That's true. We already know the book on Cortez. We don't know how the Artie Burns story finishes. I mean, everyone said that he's 
he's been putting his he's been putting in the work. I'm not saying it's going to pay off, but everything I've heard about him this offseason is that he has been grinding. He's been in meetings. He's been doing the extra work, not just showing up, going through the motions. But Brian, what about you? What do you think? I'm going to go a little different direction. I'm going to go the godfather of all bad corners in Pittsburgh and just go Harvey Clayton from 1986. I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going to say Antoine Blake. Oh, no, no, no. Harvey was... Uh, Antoine Blake was better than Harvey Clayton. <laughs> Dwayne, oh, Dwayne, Dwayne Washington. Wait a second. His name's not, his name's not Antoine anymore. What? Yeah, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Vin- Vin- or something? Yeah, Vin- or... No, that's Vince Williams. Valentino. 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 Yes, yes, Valentino. Yes. Whatever. Nah, you know, Dwayne Washington was a good, actually a decent player for them. Real, come on. Him, yeah, and Ch- no. him and Chad He's Scott better were than awful. All these guys. He and Chad Scott were awful. Chad and... Scott was not awful. Chad Scott was more injured than anything. Sanquez Goldson Ricardo theory. theory. No, but when Ch- oh no, Ricardo Coakley. There you go. That's that's second round uh, pick. Second round pick. <laughs> we, we that's our March Madness bracket <laughs> next year. Bad corners. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh go ahead. Bro. That was a good one. That was a good one. So, Dave, you said you have a football-related one. Go ahead. Yeah, it's well, it's it, it's somewhat. It's 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 a Steeler fan-related one. It has to do with uh, the discussion that you you and Lance Williams had on your show Sunday. That then I've tried to follow up with a group text with you guys after. I without thinking forgot to include Brian. I should have, because Lance mentioned the idea that the four of us need to go to a game sometime. So I, of course, jumped all over that. <laughs> Jeff isn't going to leave his living room. <laughs> he won't leave his living room to come watch at Brian's house just down the road. So you, to get him to actually go to the stadium would be something. But I jumped all over it. I have season tickets. I still have a few games available, and I tried to say, hey, here's what we could do. But Lance brought up something. During the show, he said he had been to training camp once, and he couldn't stand it because it was so hot. I told Lance that I could get us uh, a couple extra tickets to go along with mine if we all wanted to go to the game on December 15th against Buffalo. And his answer was, I ain't doing winter in Pittsburgh. So he, <laughs> he, can't handle the, he can't handle the heat. He can't handle the cold. I don't know if it's the cold or as much as the, as the snow and storming. So my question is this. If which game were you would make you more miserable? Um, one of those those late summer, early fall, week one roaster of a game sitting in the stands, uh, or in, at a one o'clock game, or the week seventeen or week sixteen prime time game when it's when it's freezing. Which one um, would you turn down an opportunity to go to a Steelers game? Either one of those. See now, I'll go. I'll go first here, Brian. Not to steal your thunder, but for me, this is kind of piggybacking off of the question you asked last week. Yes. Which is, would you rather exactly. take the three hottest or three coldest days? And I'm going to surprise you here because I said to your question last week, I'll take the three hottest days any day of the week. But that's just if I'm just living in my house. You know, I have no problem going outside and not having a shirt on and being comfortable and not having you. Know, but when you're stuck in a seat at a game well this could be any sporting event it could be football it could be baseball it's miserable that sun beats down on you you can just feel your skin roasting i will take now training camp is different because you can move around in training camp so i'm going to say that if you're talking about going to a game i will take the cold i've been to a cold weather game it's not it's not fun but i feel like you can at least get some hot chocolate or some coffee to keep you warm you can have hot hands i'll take the cold weather game here over the hot game because I just don't like being stuck in one spot. That's just my own personal take. What about you, Brian? Well, you know, the, the good thing about the cold weather game is uh, it's late in the season and uh, they're playing for so much more. But let's go back in the way back machine and let's talk about December 6th, 2006. Willie Parker broke Frenchie Fuqua's um, single season rushing record of 200 and 
I, I don't know whether he had 229 yards at the time, but it was amazing. And I was there, and you know how much of a stat guy I am. Um, the entire time, I'm like, all right, he needs this much. He need, And no one's paying attention. I didn't have a radio, and I just knew what he needed. But it got to the point, it was the third quarter, and it was negative two degrees. And it was the coldest I've ever been in a football game. And my buddy says, I'm taking off. I'm going to the bar. And I actually followed along with him, which I paid for it. Karma, football karma got me because I dropped my cell phone at my seat and I had to walk all the way back. I mean, the bar was across the street from uh, PNC Park. So I had to walk all the way back to uh, Heinz Field to get my phone. So I paid for it. I should have stayed and watched the rest of the game and watched him break the record. And uh, But if I had to choose, I'm going warm. Okay. What about you, uh, Dave? You're a season ticket holder. You have the option of both. Uh, yeah, my option is generally I look for October or early November because <laughs> it's better. Um, but I don't really mind the cold games. I, uh, let's see, my dad and I went to the, to the home opener against San Francisco several years ago. It was pretty warm. Um, uh, kind of throw something out here that you guys might not know about me before I was a Steelers season ticket holder. I actually had season tickets for a few years, um, before the lockout to the Redskins to go in with them. And it was the year they played the Steelers um, on Monday night football in November. And I did it just so I could get tickets to that game. So for the next couple seasons, I would still continue to go to a game to see some great players. My dad and I went to the, to the, to the home opener there against and saw um, Drew Brees playing for, for New Orleans. And it, it was in the nineties and it was, it was miserable. But just to finish up that story, I also saw players like Peyton Manning and Brett Favre play. That was the main reason I had those tickets. But when it comes to Heinz Field, I'll take the cold. I don't mind. I went to the playoff game against Miami where the wind chill was in the negatives. That was a pretty cold game. Um, also went to uh, another somewhat cold game, believe it or not, was the Jacksonville playoff game because dummy me forgot my coat in the car. <laughs> so before I got on the train because uh, we, we couldn't ride the Clipper because it was flooded and I had to go that one without a coat. Uh, it, it was all right in the first half when I had some sun, but the second half it was real cold. But those are the only two games that I went to that I didn't wear shorts. I've actually gone to other playoff games and December games and still managed to go in shorts. So I don't mind the cold. I'm still going to, going to, going to dress the way that I do. That's interesting. Okay. We'll wrap it up here with my either word. It's not an either word. I did preface this before the show to be completely transparent with all the listeners out there that they did. I gave them time to think about this. I'm a big baseball guy. And one of the best things I like about baseball to this day, when I go to a ballpark, minor leagues doesn't matter i love listening to walk-up music i just find it really interesting for the home team when they get to choose their walk-up music and i just I, it feels like there's a connection with the ball player there whether it's starling Marte's latin music that no one unless you speak spanish can understand a word they're saying whether it was clinton barmas choosing the strangest stanza of don't stop believing where it talks about being a small town girl and everyone called him small town girl clint barmas <laughs> um or just recently um, adam frazier of the pirates was asked not to play uh pony by um oh, what's his name i just lost it come on brian who's the uh, r&b artist that did pony um genuine there you go the yeah. genuine song pony which is a very sexual in nature song uh, he was asked to not use that as his walk-up song anymore when they had a bunch of school kids there and they were wondering probably what they're talking about i just find it really interesting so i know what my walk-up song would be my my question for my co-host was if you were a ball player and you're next up number 69 brian davis and you hear what song brian what's your walk-up song you know, I thought about this. You know, I thought greatly. It came down to two. Um, I was thinking about, actually, it came down to a few. I was thinking about Little John and uh, Get Low. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm an 80s guy. So I, I was thinking of Sweet Child of Mine. I was thinking of Power of Love by Huey Lewis. But for me, I think my walk-up walk up song would be Come on, Eileen. 
Oh my gosh, that's horrible. <laughs> I love it. That would be great for Brian. Come on, Ali. There you go. Oh my really? Come on, yeah, Eileen. That's a, that's a great song. That's gonna motivate that you to go up and get a big best hit. One hit wonder of all time. But oh. you, you know how it starts out. It starts out, but then it goes, then it gets into it. They're like, they've got the violin going. They're going crazy. And it's like, it's, it's, it's hot. All right. I want to answer this question since Jeff threw it in the live chat before they start saying stuff. Mine are a little bit more obscure. Uh, I narrowed it down to two. My, my, my uh, second place one is because it's a little bit too obscure. It's actually by, by a, a, a Christian band by the name of Skillet. And the name of the song is Hero. It is a great rocking song if you want to look it up on YouTube. But what I'm going to actually go with is, believe it or not, the, uh, the, the 90s classic Bulls on Parade by Rage ah, Against the Machine. Very good. I like that. That's good. That's a good one. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. That makes "Come On Eileen" just look awful. That it, yeah, yeah, it probably does. <laughs> well, the other I mean... song I mentioned is very similar to the music at the beginning. Okay, so, I got you. Yeah. Some of the, some of the. Before I give you mine, some of them that are coming out in the live chat right now. Uh, the coolest one is a great song. I love it. "Stranglehold" by Ted Nugent. Um, "Simple Man" by Leonard Skinner. Um, "Hail to the King" by Avenged Sevenfold. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's I had a tiger. <laughs> My, Am no, I getting slaughtered? No, 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 not no. They just kind of overlooked it. Uh, for me, um, <laughs> no, you didn't get slaughtered. You got ignored. Oh, that's yeah. Weird. There you go. Mine <laughs> has always been. This is this is a baseball song to me, yet it's not like Center Field by John Fogerty. It's it's Dire Straits Walk of Life. I don't know. There's something about that intro, and I would. That's where I would want to start. The dun dun. Then I take my time because I want to hear the music. <laughs> I would take my time. You know, I mean, it, I I've, I love that. Anytime you can mix music with athletics, that's my favorite. And uh, because <laughs> I love both of those things. And believe it or not, uh, the guy that writes for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, who is, his name is not Chris Hass, Chris Harris is still a punk. He wrote an article about a month or so ago about if the Steelers could have walk-up music, like what would it be? And it had... We had the a really long comment section, and people were talking about their favorite music, and it was actually surprisingly very active. I thought it was a great article, and so um, yeah, it, um, I just, here we I go. Hardy Har Har had a great one for Brian of "I'm Too Sexy" by Right Said Fred. Yes, there you go. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Next in up, 1992, number sixty-nine, Brian Davis. I performed that song <laughs> in front of the entire college. At the Mr. UPJ pageant in 1992, I lost, but I did have a breakaway shirt and uh, and a bow tie. But I was, if it makes anybody feel better, because I last week everybody we got crucified for uh, even talking about being naked. Um, I was 135 pounds and uh, in a lot better shape back then. So I was actually going to start off and say, Brian, you're either or is Snickers or hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was that? Russ? <laughs> I think it was Russ. I was it could have been Night Wolf. It was somebody. The last time I had either one of those. To hold on to get to get the uh, to get that joke, you have to go back to our last Steelers preview and just read the comments. That's all you got to do. No, not the live chat. You got to read the YouTube comments. The comments, and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. But so, just a couple more before we call it on the uh, show. Um, Heath says, "Light my fire by the doors." I love that song. Um, "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones. By uh, Joe Green suggested that one. Uh, it's just. You know, another one could just be um, "I Am a Real American" by the you know, Hulk Hogan's. Just bring me, get, just give me Hulk Hogan's intro music. Jeff, you ruined my <laughs> intro for next week that I thought of last week. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going. Well, I'll still do it anyway. Um, Jeff, can I have about ninety seconds to explain something that was going on in the live chat right now? Well, no, people, no, people were asking about how do you get season tickets, and people were saying about how long of being on the waiting list. Can I just tell them? Yeah, real quick? go ahead, go ahead. I did not go on the waiting list. 
I had a friend who was on the waiting list that was going, we were going to get tickets together. He was on there for 20 years. Whenever they built the new seats in the stadium, he still didn't get called. The waiting list is a long time. There is actually an official website. It's called Steelers Marketplace that, that where you can buy and sell your seat licenses in order to have the right to have the season tickets. That's what I did. I found someone who, who had, who, at a really great price. It was would have been what it, exactly what it was if I'd been called through the Steelers. And that's how I got my tickets. It was a good situation for him, good situation for me. And that's how we ended up doing it. So check that out, SteelersMarketplace.com. That's where you can look to get your seat license to be a season ticket holder. There you go. That's a buzzkill. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I'm just giving the people what they want. <laughs> okay. I get it. I get it. I get it. So, all right. Uh, I know that's a good show. Good, clean show. Next week, we'll move on to the final six-round pick. That's Ulysses Gilbert III, former president of the United States, I believe. And um, we will – every time I say that, Ulysses Gilbert III, I feel like either he was a Civil War general or a former president of the United States. He, no, he, he was he was the love child of Ulysses S. Grant and mm. Marcus Gilbert. <laughs> Why not Justin Gilbert? Who carried the child? That's what I want <laughs> <laughs> we're getting way out of track okay. <laughs> all right so with that said this wraps up another episode of Steelers Preview. we'll see you next week for another episode see ya